Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am incredibly excited. One, I love this person who's about to come on. And the other part is I don't normally get to do this type of show, and it makes me extremely excited to be able to do this. So first, let me introduce my special guest. It is Gray Sorensen of Charlatan. Gray Man, how are you doing today? I'm fucking great. How are you, man? That's what I like to hear. We did talk a little bit off air, so I kind of knew already how you were doing. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you kind of got to put that show part on. Yeah, it's like when you asked me, like, before the show started, and I told you how everything was horrible, and then I'm like, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to put on that fucking mask, dude. Yep. We got to put on a show for the folks. That's, yeah. the, that's the way it goes. But Buckle yes, up. Both of us are extremely worn out. I think we both have pretty difficult jobs and yeah, it, it's been a lot, but that's why I get really excited to do shows like this because it gives me an outlet, not only an outlet to vent, but an outlet to really talk about stuff that I love. Is that kind of the way you feel when you do this? Absolutely. Like, like I was telling you earlier, it was like, yeah, work was really a fucking pain in my ass. And I, uh, I've got a podcast, so I'm leaving early. <laughs> and so I, I was pumped. And then also like with the topic, I, I won't spoil it yet. I don't know if it is something to be spoiled, no, anyways, it's not. but it's not, don't worry. Okay. But like I had COVID. Right. And so I read this book like during COVID and it was like actually keeping me fucking sane. Oh, good. Because my eyes, like I, most of my job is just staring at a computer screen all day. Right. And so like my eyes were just killing me and I was getting nauseous. And like the only thing that I could really do for entertainment was read a book. And then I would lay on the couch and just listen to a angry beavers <laughs> because I couldn't fucking like stare at it. Right. Wow. That's so you were able to focus on the book, but <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could sit there and scroll through TikTok for like, 30 seconds or something and then i just get fucking like dizzy and my eyes would feel like they were about to fucking wow like melt interesting well i was i was gonna ask about that how i mean besides the possible eye melting how else were your symptoms for what else did you have as symptoms for covid and do you feel better now and it's kind of weird because like actually it's it's a three week long story. Okay. If, if you got, if you want to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like three weeks before I text you and told you that I was finally reading the book, <laughs> um, I was driving down the road and all of a sudden, like I just felt high. Wow. I was like, tr I was like tripping, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, fuck, this is the worst anxiety attack I've ever had. In fact, I was like going on this big loop on this exit on the freeway. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. I'm oh, like, shit. if I pass out, I'm going to fucking die. I'm going 60 miles an hour. Right. You know, and I'm just fucking freaking out. In fact, like, I, like I'll make the long story a little shorter, but I get to work and it's fucking like not passing. So I had Heath, uh, who I worked with mm -hmm. at the time. He's also my guitar player. Right. Um, he drove me home and on the way home, I literally thought I was dying. Wow. And like, there was just this point where I was like, man, I'm about to go out. I don't know what that means. I think I'm either like, I know I'm passing out, but I don't know if I'm going to die right now. Yeah. I was like, take me to the ER. Like whatever happens, like I, I trust that you're going to do your best. I was like, tell everybody I love them. Wow. Tell, 
I was like, you know, our family, our friends, I was like, I love you. I love my life. I let everybody know that. And I called my wife and I was like, you know, just nonchalantly being like, Hey, I'm going to go to the ER. Um, I really love you. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is the last conversation I'm ever having with my wife. Holy fuck. Yeah, for real. It was insane. And this is coming, by the way, this is coming from the guy, if anyone's listened to the show previously, because I've had Gray on multiple times, you had fallen off of a ladder and survived. (laughs) And I'm hearing more scaredness in your voice right now telling the story. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. And so I go to the doctor's. And I'm like, I don't I, like I, I stayed awake. I didn't pass out or anything. I was like, I don't know if I'm having a seizure or if I'm having a stroke because my cousin just had a stroke oh, shit. and my my friend just had two strokes. Wow. And I'm like, well, I drink and smoke like a motherfucker. You know, I sure. could have a stroke just because I'm 28. That doesn't mean shit. Right. Right. And like so he like kind of did these like weird little cognitive tests. And he's like, dude, I like. I think it's just anxiety. He's like, I can give you like an anti-anxiety med. And if it like doesn't go away, you can go to the ER. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Cause <laughs> I just went to an Instacare. Right. And so it was just like, fuck, I'm just, and it lasts that, that feeling lasted for like eight hours. Wow. And so then I'm just like, after it went away, I'm just like really scared about that feeling again. And like, I was like, fuck, I've never had a panic attack like that. Like that was dis like it was what's that fucking word? Disabilitating, inabilitating, disjointed, dis yeah, disabilitating. Like it, yeah. I, I yeah, like I felt like I'll never be able to do anything in life because I'm gonna be afraid of that forever. Huh. You know? And so I'm just like depressed. And then right like the next day, I've or two days later, I've got to go to fucking Minneapolis oh, for shit. some convention. So I'm going, I, I go out to Minneapolis and I'm just fucking drinking, you know, I'm just trying to like stay on the level because I've got this fucking like feeling of doom, like something's going to fucking happen at any point. Wow. And then, um, on like, I was, I got there Saturday, th- that whole event was on a Thursday. I got to Minneapolis Saturday, the next Wednesday, I just like, I was sitting there, I was drinking the day before I'm fucking like, I woke up still drunk and I'm going to these conventions and shit. And I was just like, I just kept fucking drinking at the convention. And then all of a sudden it was like, and like my whole fucking body hurt. And I'm walking around, I'm like fucking losing it. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Then I finally get home and, uh, I'm driving to work on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I start to get like a little bit of that feeling again. And I was like, motherfucker, I figured it out what it is. I've got an exhaust leak. Oh. (laughs) And so I rolled down my windows. I got to work and I'm fuzzy. I didn't get quite get that feeling again, but I'm fuzzy. And then I was like, I got to test this out for real. So I fucking, I drove my van home with the windows down and I'm still getting that feeling. I was like, dude, I've got an exhaust leak. And so I call my dad, who's an EMT at a coal mine. Oh, okay. And so, like, he knows a lot about, like, carbon monoxide poisoning and right. shit. Yep. And I was like, tell me everything you know about carbon monoxide poisoning. And he fucking lists, like, the things that happen, like, one by one. And I was like, motherfucker. And he says this, uh, he's like, yeah, then there's this point where, like, you go into, like, uh, 
uh, euphoric state. And I was like, dude, if that's euphoria, then I never want to feel that (laughs) ever again. Like, because that was the fucking worst experience I've ever had in my life. And basically what my body was doing is like, because there was no oxygen in my body because I couldn't like outgas or off gas or whatever it's called. And so like my brain was like shutting off my body so that it could feed as much, much oxygen as it could to my brain, my heart and my fucking kidneys. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so when I was sitting there thinking I'm dying, it was like, Oh, I was. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'll tell you what, man, if dying like if I don't go quick and dying feels like that in different scenarios and I go like, I like that's going to suck. I was afraid of death my whole life. And now I'm even more terrified (laughs) because I was like, I was just fucking dying and it sucked. It was the worst. Well, I mean, but in that time, because it was so strange, is that why you never thought COVID because you didn't hear people talk about that type of story? Yes. Wow. Like, yeah. So yeah, to bring it back. Yeah. I think I got it when I was at that fucking convention and my body was like shutting down, like in a different way at the convention. And I was just like, man, fuck. Like I just feel shitty Mm -hmm. and everything sucks and my body hurts and everything is just fucking weird. And, but like, I don't know, like what's wrong with my body. And like, I never put fucking COVID in my mind until we were actually back at work and he took a test cause he was feeling a little off oh. and he t- took a negative or a positive test. And I was like, well, fuck, I better do one. So I took one and I was like, motherfucker, I have COVID. <laughs> I was like, this is the worst three weeks of my fucking life. Right. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is a different, yeah. I have never heard anyone tell a story like that, but I guess it, it makes sense when you put everything together. So, so after you test then, and you're, you know, now you have time to read because you can't, you know, you can't go to work and everything. How were your symptoms then? Um, that's, that's the eye thing. That was, the you eye know, thing. that was the, the eye thing and the nausea. Okay. So that was on, uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just, I, I, I worked actually quite a bit on Monday. And so like, that's when I took my test and I was like feeling Okay you know, just weird. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday is when the eye thing really fucking started ramping up. And that's when I started reading Okay. because I like, I couldn't stare at my computer anymore. Right. And then I'm sitting there, I'm working and I'm like sitting there fucking getting all anxious about work and all the shit that I'm missing and people's orders that aren't fucking happening and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it wasn't even until that Friday where I'm like, man, I have a disease that shut down the world. Why the fuck do I give a shit about work? Plus I almost died two weeks ago. Right. Like, man, I like my perspective on life is fucking off. (laughs) And so it was actually kind of cool reading this book after all that shit had happened. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally agree. Well, first of all, that's a pretty fucking crazy story, but that's not the first time you've told crazy stories on this show. So (laughs) I I appreciate you keeping the streak alive. That's for sure. (laughs) But then also, I, I completely agree with how it kind of flows into the book itself, because I also, so I tend to read this book, and we're going to take a break from this in a second, because we definitely want to talk some music, then we'll really dive into the book. But yeah, I love reading this book, because it somehow makes me feel way better about life. Mm. 
I, I'm not sure why. I mean, when we when we describe it to people who have never read it, they might go, well, duh. I mean, all these people are going to die, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I get why they would say that. But there's something inspiring about this book to me that I've read it so many times. And every time I read it, I feel so much better when I'm done. Like, there's still that lingering. Yeah. Wait a second. What's happening? You know, what happened at the end? You're thinking <laughs> yeah. about those great characters that you love so much, you know, who have now passed. You think about all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, it gives me that inspiration. I love that, you know, the walk went on. And I yeah. I always think about life when with that statement. And I actually have it tattooed on me. And it's not to remind me of anything, but it's one of those things where I just love that statement so much because that's what you're doing. Life continues on. Yep. Yeah. It's just something that gets me every time. <clears throat> See, I had that feeling when I first read the book. This time was completely different. Interesting. Um, the first time it was inspiring. And um, the this time was more like, yeah, there is so much pointless shit that we do in life. <laughs> That's true. And too. it's like, <laughs> like, it's all a fucking show. And it's like, there's so many fucking better things to worry about, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like my overall food. And that's honestly just because I was so fucking aware of my mortality. Right. And, you know, still am that like reading the book, it was like, there was times where, I, because I was reading, I basically read this in three chunks. Okay. I read it, um, like at a time. Mm -hmm. So three separate days, I just read until like it got too hard to read and then I would stop. Right. 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 And so I just, I, I basically read it in those three days and it was like, fuck man. Ooh. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's, it's hard to read this with, um, you know, with everything that's happened lately. Yeah. No, that's but it was awesome. It was awesome. And it was like, it was awesome in a different way mm -hmm. and like an equally fucking cool way. Interesting. All right. We're definitely, yeah. we're definitely going to get into that, but I don't yeah. want, before we give, because obviously we're going to do spoilers when we talk about it. I think yeah. people, if you haven't read this book, I don't think listening to this is going to ruin it for you because we're not going to get into every oh. single detail. And this is a Stephen King book. So you're well, going to want. And like we just, like, like we just said, we reread it. Yeah. Like it's, you're going to enjoy the story either way. Yeah. Like if, if you are a fan of reading, like this podcast is going to be fun for you, whether you've read the book or not. Exactly. Just because it's about a really fucking cool book. Yeah. Right. And look, I've read it over 40 times in my life. Wow. And I still don't remember every detail. And every time I read it, I remember something that I had forgotten. So yeah, I'm all, yeah, I'm all about sure. it. Yeah, I'm all about it. So let's let's take a, a a break for a second because I want I want people to hear about some music stuff. Obviously, you were on the show in January. I think I think like what I told you off offline is I think we're just gonna do a quarterly show this year. We'll just hit we'll just hit yeah. two more times this year, and we'll have just updates every time. But obviously, you're I'm in, about it. You're in a great band called Charlatan, who I am a huge fan of, and I know a lot of people who are as well. And people love hearing you on the show. They love hearing some updates. So I know, you know, you put out Sheep in 2021. We talked about that the last time. And you mentioned that you were still working 
on music, you were in the writing process, you know, you hadn't finished all the lyrics and whatnot. Have you, have you gone further in that process or are you still in the same place? Well, first of all, thank you for like being a fan of the band and for being as cool as you have been about it. I mean, like I, I talk about it all the time, but like the first time when I heard you talk about the the album yeah and i was like i just emailed you and then when you fucking sent uh long days and pleasant nights i was like oh yeah i'm gonna fucking get along with this guy but you know so thank you for you know always fucking having our back absolutely um so right now i like we did i did finish the lyrics i did Ah, get them recorded (laughs) um and uh right now we're just getting that ep mixed okay um, we're talking about ideas for, um, like music videos and shit. And we're kind of exploring what the, the follow up cause this is a part of a, uh, three EP right. series. Yep, yep. And so now we're just kind of like discussing what the, the next part of the, like the second part is going to be, okay. you know, and we're just kind of like messing around we're, we haven't dug too deep into it because we're really focused on getting these mixed and mastered and like we think that it's going to be done mid-june maybe early july okay all right and um i that doesn't mean that we'll be ready to release it right you know because we're finicky little bitches <laughs> but um like yeah that's that's kind of the plan for now um we do have a couple like demos fucking in the chamber for when we are going to do these like official so the the other official songs ah sure um so like we we have almost the first ep done and then you know like a lot of fucking puzzle pieces for the next two okay and it's just kind of figuring out like this first ep uh kill Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot about like, so uh, the, let me restart. I'm, my, I'm getting fucking flustered. <laughs> um, it's, it's weird, dude. I don't talk about music anymore. So then I'm, I'm getting excited again ah, and I'm going, okay. che- I'm going check yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. um, so uh, the three EPs are going to be called kill yourself. So kill yourself. Okay. And, uh, like the full title, uh, has like little parentheses in our minds that say, or die, you know? Gotcha. And, um, so the first one is about this, like, it's, it's really about the fucking chaos of everything we went through from like trying to get signed to getting signed to hating being signed and then like hating our lives and all that kind of shit. And it was this big chaotic clusterfuck. And then we go in for this EP and it's taken fucking like two and a half. I mean, we literally started this right as COVID started. So yeah, right. this, this, this first EP is taken, like it has the same life cycle as fucking COVID. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, even with the same waves and everything, it's like came out really strong at first. Then it's like, whoa, whoa, there's a fucking, there's a new fucking rendition of it. It's right. like, oh shit. Now we got COVID version fucking 10. And uh so like it's been this it's a lot about like chaos and shit like that Mm -hmm. and fucking just it's it's fucking everywhere and 
Um, yeah. So like trying to like harness that, that energy, that fucking chaotic energy and put it into something new, which is like, you know, the, the after, after the death kind of thing. It's like, we're, we're still trying to figure what out. What does that even look like? Okay. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Just like this EP has right. been fun. Like we all came in with puzzle pieces and pieces and ideas of what it was going to sound like. And it's different from anything that any of us could have imagined. Ah. And it's, it's fucking exciting. And again, I have to like check myself on my excitement because huh. it's, <laughs> it's, it's just fun to make shit with your fucking homies, dude. Exactly. Right. And I know you kind of, you kind of lost that feeling for a little while. Yeah. So I'm oh, very, for, that, for a long time, for a long time. I'm very glad you recaptured uh, that love and that excitement for sure. Yeah, man. Like it's, I mean, the whole reason that EP got even started is because we fucking all hated music. We all hated each other. Fucking, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was like, do we even want to do this? It's right. like, well, I guess there's only one way to find out. And it's like, oh yeah, we do. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I yeah mean, man. That's that's way better than self imploding. That's, that's yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really fun, and I, I think that like th- this group that I'm riding with right now. So it's me, mm-hmm. and then I have uh, Austin Heath. He's yep. the co-founder. Tyler. Uh, fuck, he has so many names. I don't <laughs> know which one to say. It's Tyler Michael Baker Craig. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's our other guitar player. Uh, we got Polly. Um, you might know him as Michael Paul Mervine from okay. any socials. If you know him on there, I think so. And then, uh, Connor Christensen, who is our on and off again, fucking drummer was our on and off again, drummer for <laughs> fucking ever. Uh, he was a little fucking slut sleeping around with all these other bands for a long time. But I mean, it's, it's finally like, it's my super group, you know, ah. it's like, it, like if I could pick anybody to write music with, it's those four fucking dudes. That's awesome. And like, they're just so talented and fucking creative and open to do anything. And like, <clears throat> it's, it's the fucking perfect fit because then they all look at me and they go, so what kind of weird shit are we going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm thinking something like this. Can you make that happen? And then they're like, yeah but that was kind of stupid. Let's do it good. <laughs> and then they're, uh, they're just, they're fucking, they're the best dudes. And like getting to make music with those guys is honestly, it's, it's, it's one of the coolest, like fucking, I'm a very fortunate man. That's you awesome. know, like it's, it's one of the coolest fucking experiences you could ever have is to sit in a room with those four dudes and with their level of fucking humor mm-hmm. and their creativity and their fucking talent like it's it's i'm 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 one of the luckiest dudes on the fucking planet man that's great man well look i think (laughs) if if people hadn't listened to charlatan before i can't imagine them holding back now because i think you just sold you sold that entire band perfectly yeah and and like it's kind of a bummer when i'm sitting here selling my band because like no one's ever heard a song with all those people Oh yeah, a, that's true. on a song. Right. Right. And so like it's I'm super proud of the stuff that we've done, but like 
what I'm talking about mm-hmm. is like people haven't heard it yet. Nice. And it's fucking cool. <laughs> that is. <laughs> no, man, it's it's great to hear that passion. That is. Yeah. For sure. No, it's something I, I it's something that I miss in my life. And to have it back again is fucking cool. That's awesome, man. Well, look, <laughs> unless you have unless you have anything else you want to go into, I think that was a per, a perfect encapsulation of the update for Charlatan. So do you want to move on to the book or do you want to talk some more music? No, let's leave it there. Okay. I feel good about that. That's good. I, I like that too. That was extremely positive and passionate <laughs> and just it works out perfectly. So here's here's oh, yeah. the first question for you. So you said this was your second time reading the book? Yes. Okay. When do you know, and I, I was trying to think about this earlier, do you remember how the book was recommended to you or how you found it in the first place? It was you. What? Um, it was. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it was probably, it was, it was right after we went from email talking about like when I was like, Hey man, I love your show. Can I get on it? Right. And then, you know, it was right after we started talking about the fucking, uh, dark tower. I want to, yeah, I wanted to say dark night like six <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> We were talking about Dark Tower, yeah. and then we started talking about all these other books. Oh, that's right. Because I had just read The Dark Tower, and I was telling you all the ones that I have read. Yep. And you're like, you got to read The Long Walk. Uh, you might not know it because he wrote it under, like, Richard Bachman. Right. And I was like, no way. And I was like, secret Stephen King book? <laughs> Fuck yeah. And, I like, that day, I went down and fucking bought it. That's and awesome. yeah, so you're the one that recommended Fuck it to you. me. That wasn't even yeah. a setup. I completely forgot about that. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, dude, this dude's this dude knows fucking radio. <laughs> yeah, well, what was awesome was we did also, we did it as well. We didn't do the yeah. book, but we did the whole part one of the remake adaptation. So we've yeah. always had this background of not only talking music, but talking Stephen King. So that's yeah. why I'm also super excited about talking about this because I don't think we've actually just talked books before. I no. think we've, we've, you know, we, we always compare it to a movie or something like that, mm-hmm. but this is one of those that does not have a movie adaptation. And I think that is very strange, but I was thinking about two things recently. So Everyone mm-hmm. read the title, so they know we're talking about The Long Walk. But I might as well say, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it, this is Stephen King, but it was written under the pseudonym Richard Bachman. He wanted to do darker material, which is kind of funny to think about that Stephen King at that time, who was already doing dark material, thought he <laughs> had to do it darker. Uh, which See, that's, that's not how I remember this story. Obviously, you have the intro that says... Like why he wrote it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I do. True, true. Um, but yeah, that's see, that's not even the story I remember. What's the like, story? From from what I thought, it was it was because people kept calling him like you know like a pulp writer, and the, like they were fucking making fun of the fame that he was getting. Oh, and so huh. he was trying to write a, a story that like he wanted to prove that he could write a good story without his name. And that's the story that I know. But you know what's but funny? That doesn't mean that it's a real story. Right. Well, and I and I don't know if I'm completely correct on this either, <clears throat> but I actually believe that this was the first book he ever wrote. It wasn't the first one he published, but right. it was the first I, one he wrote when he was in college, I think. See, that sounds correct to me. Um, I, I, I think, honestly, that he talks about this 
in on writing. And yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while, but it's been a while since I read that either. So like, right. I mean, I could just be completely talking out my ass and being like, Whoa. yeah, he, he just wanted to fucking like prove that he was a good writer. <laughs> and he was, you know, that's just right. making up this hero in my head that doesn't exist. No, that's good. I like that. Well, think about it this way too. The way I look at it is since this was part of a novella compilation, basically, because mm-hmm. this was part of the one with the story rage and rage is extremely dark. Rage is the the school shooting one. I haven't read that. Oh, and oh, dude. Well, you can't read it anymore. Like, oh, really? I, well, I think there's there's ways to find it on the internet, of course. Right. But you can't buy that book. That book is not uh, published anymore. That's it's fucked. Not, yeah, it's not printed anymore. So I have it. I have it. Because well, I'm gonna, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna steal it off the internet and just print it. Yes, I think. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't do that. No. no, for myself. <laughs> no, no, um, I'm only kidding. But to make collages. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it was part of that. So I always went to more of the darker. I do have the foreword. So maybe I should have read that again because it has been a long time since I've read that. But I really, I really appreciate that aspect of it. Now, whenever you see it, it always says Stephen King in most cases, right. unless you get the old, you know, old versions of the book. But I was yeah, about- my copy says Stephen King written as Richard Bachman. There you go. Okay, gotcha. So I think there are two things I was thinking about recently. One is that I think it's taking them so long to make the movie because I guarantee you it's got to be ridiculously difficult to find teenage boys or even men in their early 20s who can play teenage boys who can, <clears throat> who can carry a film. Because yeah. you have this. This is all dialogue. The entire well, this book. this has to be this has to be an indie movie. Yeah, for I sure. Would think so. Like, right. there's there's no way that I mean, because I honestly I think that when I read the books too, right? Right. Is like, how could this be made into a movie? And because it is so dialogue driven, and because the scenery, though it like there's exciting moments like it's it's walking it doesn't yeah. change much right you know like somebody would have to just really love this story and say that i can make this a beautiful image mm-hmm. and like just want to do it on their own and try and convince their friends to pay for it right and right. you know like and then even then us stephen king fans would be like that was shit but <laughs> you know like it's it, it could be a really cool movie though. And like, it, it would just, it would be so hard. Right. I think, yeah. It'd be I, so hard to do. I think, I think the thing too, <clears throat> you know, you want to, when I, when I first, you know, found out about the book and I, I was trying to think, I, I don't know how I found out about it, to be quite honest. I think I was reading the dark tower and I was just looking for something that was different to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, to cleanse the palate a little bit. Right. And I was looking through Stephen King books and I, and I found out about Rich, Richard Bachman and I was like, oh, let me check this out. And that's when I read a bunch of those and that's when I read The Long Walk. But the other thing too uh, is... Sorry, when was that? Oh, man. It had to have been when I was a teenager. Okay. So for me... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off oh, too no, hard. No. I just... That's, that's perfect because it, it had to have been sometime as a teenager because also it appealed to me because it's teenagers, right? So, right. And I really love the dystopian stuff. So I love Battle yeah. Royale. I mean, I, I hate Hunger Games because it's just a ripoff of Battle Royale, but I <laughs> like that idea. 
So see, I, I love Hunger Games, but see, that's such a weird. I, I, I love it too. Wow, that's so I, strange. I, like I, I, I love the the concept. Yes, right? the concept of things. Yes. Well, that's yeah, why I like. I, I love. Yeah, I love ahead. that story mode. Yes. You know, I agree. It's fucking winner takes all. It's fucking rad. You know. Any, yeah, I hate I hate playing it on the PlayStation, but right. I fucking I love the story. No, it's I and I I enjoy that too. Any of those dystopian games where only one person is supposed to survive, that kind of stuff. Like that's why I love the Cube. I the, yeah. the Cube is such a great fucking movie. I like the Circle. Uh, there, that's why everybody loves Squid Game. That's I mean it was a huge hit. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, and I love um, uh, Alice in Borderland. You know, there's stuff, there's all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And Squid Game is so behind the times, but it hit, it hit when everyone had a chance to watch it. But yeah, and well, and it hit at the it just like fucking stupid Tiger King or whatever. Oh, like yeah. it was, it was something to talk about, right? Right. Like, remember that when you were in school and you would fucking like watch cartoons just so that you could t- talk about it at school later? <laughs> right. yeah. Like, people are doing that. They were finally getting back to work mm-hmm. and fucking like they're all trying to like relate to these people that they don't want to fucking see. And all of a sudden, this fucking weird, crazy show comes out and it's like, oh, yeah, did you watch this? Uh, did you, did you? do the subtitles or did you listen to the English overdubs, you know? And it it was like an event. It was like a fucking sports game, you know, but everybody was watching. Yep. And it was, it was really fucking cool. And I think this book could capture people's attention as well, because think about what's, what's the whole thing about squid game, right? They're playing simple child games, marbles, tug of war, all that kind of stuff. This is just literally people walking. That's it. Yeah. It's just hard visually. Yes. I you know, I like there's a lot of carnage in there. But the thing is, like, you would miss out on a lot of the dialogue to try and play that. Like, it's a fine line to walk of how do you create exciting imagery, but also get the important parts, which are the fucking boring parts. Yeah. No, it's right. Very true. Like very true. To 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 in real life, walking is fucking boring. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and uh so like how do you how do you keep the story? And that's where people that's where like you know the people who are like it's not like the book would miss out is because it's like how are you gonna do that in a movie setting? Like they had to make it exciting, something important to you was gonna get cut out of the film, right. and like it's plus who's going to, like you said, who's going to act in that fucking movie, yeah. man. I you know, think, I think that's the tough part. I almost think that you have to do this as a first person. Like, I think you'd have yeah. to do it as Ray. And yeah, uh, but that too, would people be able to handle, like, it's almost like you'd have to do a virtual reality movie where you could kind of, yeah. Yeah. You put a headset on and you're Ray. And that way you're able to look around while things are happening, but it, that's just a whole concept thing. But yeah, or like a GoPro on your tra- chest, but it yeah. only looks up at the chin to see how exhausted he's getting over time. Yeah, and just doesn't have that curved angle type thing. Like right. as long as you can do that and make people feel comfortable, I think mm-hmm. you're there. But once again, who do you get? Like, first of all, I guess I'm not good with actors and actresses, anyways. But who would you even get to play these people? Like, I don't know anyone in their fucking twenties. 
that could pull this off. Yeah, no way. See, so, I look 40. I'm 28. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you as a little McVries. I could see it. Yeah. I see it. I mean, if I, I just need to fucking go on a walk. Yeah, there once you go. Twice. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, the other thing I want to mention too, and I don't know if anyone's ever said this before, so I figure why not say it here. Mm-hmm. I also find it difficult to think that this movie will be made any time around this time because it's only focused on males. Yeah. So absolutely, I I just don't see anyone. There'd be all the sexist and misogynistic comments and stuff like that. So I don't see it being made into a movie unless they change it so that women are allowed to walk as well. That and you know trans men and stuff. Sure, yeah, that like, would work. However, that would work. However, they would want to do it, but I just don't. I don't see them making a movie where it's only men. Yeah, for sure. So and like, I, I honestly did. I think you take even that aspect out of it. This movie would never exist ever. Probably. <laughs> like in, unless you get some fucking like rich person that was like, you know what? I've always wanted to make a movie about this because it was my favorite book in high school. Right. Like us. We you would know? have to, we yeah. would have to make this. That's well, that's fuck. Maybe I'll get some money. There you go. Somehow. <laughs> that's how, that's where charlatan music comes in. Oh yeah, sure. Because that's made me a lot of money. <laughs> well, I do know. I, I read. I read Wikipedia because I just had to check. They did say that at one point Frank Darabont had the rights to it, but then they lapsed, and now I think they said that like New Line Cinema started writing a draft in 2019. Hmm. So, so we'll have to see. I, I'll give it a chance. Uh, you know, I just I just talked about this with Nick on the last Ian Hates Movies episode. We did the new Firestarter. Mm. It, it depends on at most movies that are adapted from Stephen King books. They're they're the best when they're small novels or novellas. Yeah. So this has a chance of being a good movie as long as you can capture the love you have for these characters. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you have to love it, right? Right. But, and yeah, go ahead. I, well, I think that that was kind of the bummer with the Dark Tower is oh because that God. director lo- that the director loved it, but he also fucking was like, "I want to be a director." <laughs> yeah, no, that that still makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, it still fucking makes me so. Angry. I, see, it, it still doesn't make me mad, but it's just because I go like, I, I never trusted it to be good. Right. So right. yeah, like I got my hopes. Like up. I still haven't watched Doctor Sleep just because I didn't. As like, man, I don't know. Am I gonna get bummed? Right. Because that one I really cared about. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna like this at yeah, all. Yeah. You're, you won't, you won't like it. You yeah. won't like it for the same reason I didn't like it. So. Yeah, but see, I like, I went into the Dark Tower like thinking this is gonna be a fucking shitty movie, and it was. So yeah. I liked it. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you yeah. go into Doctor, <laughs> now I will say you and McGregor was fine, but they just they changed things in the book, and I'm not saying kept a scene out. I'm saying killed someone that didn't wasn't supposed to be killed you know like that mm-hmm. kind of fucking right. bullshit pisses me off so much it's just like right now if they did the long walk and they had barkovich be a good guy you oh know, yeah like that's a kind yeah. of shit or like a hero right there's no fucking a, a hero at the end yeah i can't yeah. stand that fucking shit so that's the and only thing yeah dude like I, i'm totally there with you the the only thing that helps me get through book movies mm-hmm. Or like whatever, however you want to say that, um, is I try to look at them and go, 
like if you and I were to go through the same experience, mm-hmm. we would have different versions of what that story was. Right. And so I go, this is somebody else telling the same story. I and get you. I get you. like, so I, I feel like it's like, that's also accurate. You know, it's, that's, that's also a true story because that's just, uh, that's their, that person's version of what happened. Right. No, that's a positive you know? way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the only way I can get through the fucking movie. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, what gets me through is looking for jokes to make on the next yeah. podcast. That's Yeah, that's that helps. Way. Yeah. That helps. So, man, so I guess we should say for people, you know, I just love jumping all over the place with this shit. But for people that don't know, the outline <laughs> of the book, the way that I read the description when I first found The Long Walk was saying it's a dystopian future that has a militaristic government. So in this in this government or in this in the country of America for whatever year this is because they don't even talk about that there's no mention of the year or anything it's just every year starting in Maine there are a hundred boys teenage years I don't think they have anyone that's like above twenty I would say so you I think, I like, think that in the book the cutoff is twenty one twenty okay twenty one but they don't talk about people who have been out drinking because this was published in nineteen seventy nine. So they, well, they, they do talk about it, but they talk about it as uh, like they were drinking as kids. Yes. Right. Right. Exactly. I think you can be as young as 12 okay. and as old as 20 in the book. But I guess they don't they decide that that's not a variable that they're, that they're going to hark on. So right. there isn't anyone that's like, oh, this guy's super young or this guy is super old. There's one thing they talk about when they talk about Scram, who has an actual family. He's married. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, baby on the way and all that kind of stuff, which like blew people's minds. So yeah. that would be kind of the only thing. But basically it's you start in Maine, you have that, you know, 12 to 21 age group <laughs> of men and they do a lottery, pick those hundred, they start in Maine and they just walk and they walk at a speed of four miles per hour or, or over. And if they fall below that four miles per hour, they get a warning. You get three warnings. And then you get fucking shot. And that is that happens again. Yeah, you're fucking yeah. executed. So and, and there's only so one your warnings. Winner. Say that again. Uh, the warnings that you can recoup your warnings yes. after an hour. So if you walk an hour without getting another warning, you can recoup. And say you got three in one hour, you have to walk three hours to get your warnings back. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that is that is the only those are the rules right there. You're just, you're walking, you know, yep. they have, they, they mentioned some others. There's, they, they mentioned there's a rule book or a, a hint yeah. book or, or something, but they don't actually tell them, but it's like, you know, conserve your energy, you know, save your breath. And then you can't, uh, you can't hinder another walker. So you can't push somebody or somehow have a fight with them. You know, they, they, they can't have exit the road. Yeah, yep, and you just got to stay on the road. You can't go on the half track. You can't leave the road. You're just walking, and it's literally just a walk until there is one person left. And when that one person is left, they win whatever they want for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So what yeah, I found I mean, interesting. It's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, a, it's a perfect fucking, like, like those minimal set of rules. Mm-hmm. Or a perfect story. Well, that's that's what I love so much about certain horror movies is that even though you always say, you know, oh, I want to break the rules, you know, I love I love things that don't follow the rules. 
one of mm-hmm. the best parts for horror movies for me is when rules are established because yeah. it gives you an outline that you can work for. You know that Freddy Krueger is going to attack you during your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know that Jason's going to yeah. come at you when you're smoking, doing drugs, or having premarital sex. Like, See, but those are the kinds of rules that I like for um, for storytelling, right? right? Right. Is like, it's not, you can't do this creatively. You can't do this create Like, that is bullshit to me. What I'm like... To work in parameters is fucking awesome, yeah. right? Yep. What's the story? They walk. Okay, I can write a story about that. You could write a story about that, right? You know, yeah. and like it's fucking it's it's like in school when your teacher was like, okay, you have to tell a story about fucking this, 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 and like this is what it has to be. And it's like that sucks, <laughs> but it's like okay, all you have to do is tell a story about an adventure Mm -hmm. and the adventure can only be on uh christmas day what's that story it's like okay everybody can write that story right right yep and everybody's going to be different those are the kind of rules that i love creatively yeah then this is like the perfect thing for you those are the rules that I, i i work with when i write those are the rules that i work with when i paint those are the rules that i work with when i fucking make music Ah, you know, okay. it's like, it's okay. What does this look like? And like, what's the setting? What are the rules? The not ones that say that you can't do that, mm-hmm. but say like, if you do that, what happens? Yes. There are consequences. And, and then go from there. Right. Yeah. And this is exactly what that is. That's the yeah, whole... it's, it's, it's a perfect story setting setup yeah. or storytelling setup. And the thing that got me right away when I read the description, you know, to decide whether or not I wanted to read the book or not, when I read the description, uh, the description, I said, holy shit, how does someone make something like this interesting knowing that yeah. everybody is going to die except for one person? Yeah. Because knowing yeah. King and knowing how he is, I don't think they're going to get a whole mutiny together and be able to, you know, overrun the capital and ma- you know what I mean? Like, I don't see a hunger sure. type thing happening here where there's technically a happy ending. So, yeah, no, they barely survived in the stand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, same thing. Right. So that's, that's what got me right away about the book was that plus then as you're reading, I'm thinking to myself, what character am I more like? What would I yeah. be doing in this situation? And you have to cut yep. out. You have to cut out. I'm sure you did too. You know, this isn't 2022. Like I said, this is the 19, the, you know, the end of the 70s, early 80s. People aren't talking about, you know, hey, what what was your diet? You know, to win <laughs> yeah. this, you know, what what shoes? Well, I mean, they talk about shoes a little bit, but it's not like, oh, I spent $300 on these shoes. I've been doing this for 20 years to get prepared for this. They don't, they don't go into that kind of stuff. They don't have – I don't even know if they really talk about sports, like barely at all. They don't yeah. They don't mention who – besides Scram who talks about, you know, hey, I walk every day. I just love walking. They don't, they yeah. don't go, oh, yeah, I, I've been, you know, doing a marathons every day or whatever. None of that kind of stuff comes up, and I really enjoyed that because it's, once again, take all those variables out and just focus on the road. Focus on the walk itself. Yeah. Well, and then if you think about it too, like all of these kids are poor, 
Right. right? Yep. That's what's appealing about the fucking walk to them is everything for the rest of your life. That's rad. Right. You know, I mean, like these, these kids don't talk about how their fucking life was awesome. And so no. they wanted to fucking push themselves. It's my life was honestly all of them. And this is what I do respect mm-hmm. is all of them had pretty non eventful lives, right? Yeah. They just wanted to do something big. And that is something that's like, like some of them were poor, but for the most part, it was just, they wanted to do something important. Well, and, and I think you can, I think you can also debate that a little bit. One of the oh, things absolutely. that, I, well, here, sure. here's the thing. One of the things that I think I picked up differently this time that I read it was how often they talk about everyone doing this because they wanted to die. Right. Um, but that, see, uh, there's uh, one of the characters, I forgot who it was. It is there's so, many characters. so many fucking characters. There's, there's literally a hundred <laughs> characters. You don't know them all, but there's a hundred. And one of the characters goes, oh, it's Abraham. Oh, he's like, I, I got in because I was cocky. Yes. Right. He's like, I just, I thought I, it would be a big joke that I pulled over. And then all of a sudden I was in it. Right. See, but when he, when they talk about like, how everybody joined because they wanted to die. That's more of the philosophical understanding that they gained by doing the hard thing. And so I think what I said still applies, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They wanted to do something big. Right. Well, sometimes, in fact, almost every time it turns out that big thing that you were searching for, uh, leads you to the same place Mm -hmm. every fucking time. Right. Which is it's it's the the biggest thing you can do. It's maybe the second biggest thing you can do ever. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so like you fucking you you take life, you're you're fucking born, bam. That's the biggest thing you can ever do. How can you fucking do something as important as that? Right? How do you fucking how do you how do you how do you justify your being? And that's what these kids are like searching for i think whether it is a joke whether it is uh fucking for the service of like um like who is it fuck the major uh no the the kid who has a wife oh uh, scram. Um, is that scram? yeah scram yeah. who's you know he's like well i'm fucking i'm just dumb little fucking hillbilly and i i'm gonna fucking do this because i can and right Cause I'm the best and I'm, I'm fucking, I'm a diligent man and I've got a fucking wife, kids and my priorities are fucking rad except for this one little piece that says like, I want to do something big because my wife is a good person. I got to do something big for my wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And why not? I can do it. And then like, as they go on, they realize that really what they're doing is like, they figure out that they did it because they want to die because the fact is, is they're dying. and. Yeah, right. Like if you use fucking Occam's razor, what's, what could be the reason for doing this? Yeah. You're, you've got a fucking death fetish. Right. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. But that's, that's one of the things that I kind of focused on this, this yeah. time around. Oh, for sure. It is so prevalent. And I kind of forgotten about that part because Peter McVries brings that up. And by the way, I, I should ask you, by the way, it, it, I think it's easy, obviously to say, uh, Ray is people's favorite characters at times, but do you have a favorite character? Yeah, Stebbins. Ah, sure. 
<laughs> yeah. The rabbit. Um, yeah. Stebbins is fucking awesome to me. And for some reason I've I, like, I conflated those uh, McFreeze and Stebbins in my mind. Sure. Well, there's a reason. And yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I thought that I thought it was McVreeze and that's why it was such like a fucking cocky little dipshit. <laughs> and, <clears throat> but like, um, yeah, it was, it was Stebbins anyways. Yeah. And, uh, like, I think what I really am is so who I would want to be mm-hmm. is Stebbins. Okay. Like as a person, right? Yeah. I think about it all the time. I talk way too much. There's no reason I should ever be on a podcast. The only reason I do it is because I just fucking like, I love the sound of my voice, right? I'm probably the only person that ever fucking listens to the podcast that they do. And, uh, like, but what I would rather be is like collected and like fucking driven understanding understanding of my motivations. Right. Right. Sure. That's one of my biggest fears is, thinking that I don't understand my motivations for doing things. Right. And <clears throat> Stebbins is that, right? Yeah. Like he he knew what he was going to do. Exactly. And and he was willing and fucking he's just like, yeah, if I die, I die, but like there's one thing that I'm going to do. And uh unfortunately, and this is jumping around, but oh. you know, um he finds out that the thing that he wanted to do it doesn't even matter because fucking like daddy already knew right right yep and so that's that's another thing like that i want to do something big turns out (laughs) jokes on me is this tragic joke for everybody that's right um but i think who i really am as a person Mm -hmm. is probably a combination of i think it's harkins the dude who wanted to write the book Oh, like, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've got a story to tell. There's right. no way I can die. I've got like I'm I'm fucked. And just totally totally underrepresents himself. Oh, for sure. Or or overrepresents himself well, like okay, and underperforms. Yes, underperforms. And yes. And like honestly, there's a little bit of who is it? Barker or Belcher, the uh, the fucking kid that rips his throat out. Oh, that's Barkovich. Barkovich. Yeah. That's it. Yep. You know, just a fucking like <clears throat> not in the sense that I'm a, a mean person mm-hmm. and like I'm fortunate enough that most people I've ever met like me. But um another thing is just like misrepresenting myself, right? Yeah. And yeah, I got fucking like being too cocky and being too pissed off. I'm an angry person, you know. So, so I saw a lot of sorry, so you're you're more so I think you might have had – so you're you're definitely – I forget if his name is Harkins or not, but I know the guy you're talking about who wanted to write the book. But I think you're also thinking you're Hank Olsen. He's, he's the one that at the beginning was very cocky. And then he's the one that as they walk on, he starts to kind of lose it. And then he's the, oh, one, he's the one that that's zoned ex- out. That's exactly who I'm thinking. Okay. And then fucking just like attacks the half track. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. So he, who's the one that gets shot in the gut and then just that, doesn't that, die. Yes, that is Hank Olson, but he didn't yeah. really attack. He was just so but, out that's of what his I mean. mind. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And like, yeah. So, I mean, like that's the part, that's the thing is like, I could, 
I could find myself in all of these characters. Right. right? Yep. And that's, that's actually one of fucking Stephen King's like strong suits. Oh yeah. Is like his bullies are almost comically bullies. Like they're like comically. So right. They're, they're characters of bullies, but like there's a realness in there. <laughs> and maybe it's just, dude, I fucking, I'm drinking. And so that's why I'm coughing so oh, hard. No, I'm sorry. drinking whiskey. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Plus, classic, I'm not totally over COVID. Classic, uh, 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 wow. Classic author move there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, his bullies are almost these, like, caricatures, but, like, there's a hint of a fucking real thing in there mm-hmm. in all of his characters, yes. actually. And, they're like, there's one little piece that you can latch on to all of his characters and be like, fuck, is that me? And so it's, it's like hard to say who I really am. I think that McVyers is ac- accurate. Is that how you say me. it? I always say McVries. Is it McVyers? Honestly, dude, I would have to read it and then tell you what I actually think it is. Ah. I think I just, I think I just have been saying that because I'm fucking just. No, I think we I, all. I don't know. I, think I, I just I'm loud and I just say things. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, Pete. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. So Pete, um, I think that's probably who I really am. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that is like, dude, I think I have an idea of how this works. Like, I'm gonna fucking pester people about it, mm-hmm. and like, just wait for somebody to poke holes in my philosophy, and like, but I'm gonna sit there and like pester everyone with this one idea until that idea kills me. And like, so I I think that if I was to pick one person that had more traits than anybody that I have is him. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I would like to be Stebbins. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I Hmm. mean, besides picking the quote unquote winner. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I would love to win. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think that Garrity um, is is probably who I hate the most. Oh, if if wow. if it was supposed to be, if if that was me, mm-hmm. like a life that I wouldn't like to live, yep. right? Garrity is a stand for nothing person. He's indifferent to everything. Um, doesn't he's indifferent to his own life. And it's almost like that makes sense that he's the winner mm-hmm. is because like he's an indifferent person to his own life and he's playing a game where the game is indifferent to you. Right. I get what you're saying. And so like <clears throat> as far as who I would hate to be as a person, probably Garrity. Sure. He has no bad qualities really. No, but he's it's, a good his, guy. It's, yeah. it's his indifference and his apathy of the situation for the most part that is like, I I would not like to be that guy. Well, he's almost like a, he's almost like a caricature of a teenage boy, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's he's the teenage boy. Yeah. He gets, he gets into something that he doesn't understand. It doesn't seem like he's given it any thought either. Um, You know, he's in a, what a middle he he kind of mentions not middle class there he's in a poor family because his brother died of i think pneumonia or whatever his father was squatted 
But he yeah. mentions that had his brother survived, they probably wouldn't have survived. So right. he's poor enough in a way that he has to do something, right? But right. he's got this, you know, seemingly awesome girlfriend. He doesn't complain about anything in his life whatsoever. You know, he has those random flashbacks of possibly his friend as a kid kind of sexually molesting him, which, you know, Stephen King will go off on in so many of his books. So I'm not surprised that that comes up. But in general, he's a go-with-the-flow guy, and you're you're taken through his journey of discovery, right? Well, exactly. And that's that's what a teenage boy is doing. I'm not saying that's not what a teenage girl does as well. But in this kind of consciousness or even subconsciousness, he's trying to work out his life in death. And that's well, a, yeah, that's this a is this is his first time doing it. Right. right? Where other people, and, it seems like they've gone through it a little bit. Right. Like the, they have something. Right. Right. They have something to stand for, whether it's bullshit like uh, I'm going to mess up his name again. Belcher Uh, Barkovic Barkovic. Right. Like he he's not liked by anybody. Right. So in that in that being disliked by everybody, like he has created this shell. And that's like that's kind of his journey is this. um I'm against the world because the world is against me and I've made it and I will continue to make it because he has that teenage fucking like angst. Right. Yeah. And then you have Stebbins who's like gone through the fucking real shit. Mm -hmm. And like, even though you don't know that, but you know that because of the way he acts as a person, right? He doesn't need to talk because what does he do? He walks. That's what he fucking does. He doesn't have to say anything because he fucking like he doesn't he doesn't walk or he doesn't fucking talk like Jesus because he walks like Jesus. Right. 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 And then so then you got McVyers who's like, man, I'm a bad person. I deserve this walk. Right. Yes. It's right? punishment. Right. Right. And then you've got you've got Scram who's like, I can do this walk because I walk. That's me. I just walk. And, you know, like he just doesn't understand that fucking he he has like he understands his downfalls as a person enough that he thinks that he that this isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so he's confused. Then you have Abraham, who's like this God fearing guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And fucking like he goes on the walk and he thinks he can do it because he's fucking strong enough because something gives him strength. Mm -hmm. Right. And it turns out at the end of it, like there's nobody there to give you strength, but you, you should have leaned on something on like you, you should have leaned on yourself a little bit. Right. Right. And you've got Hank Olson who's cocky and like fucking from, he was mindless at the beginning and he was mindless at the end. Right. 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 Yep. And then you have the main character, uh, Garrity, which is, I still, is that his name? And yeah. 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 And he fucking, he just shows up. Why? I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't know. And he doesn't know. He's like, I fell asleep in the pickup and here I am. And like, (laughs) I I thought, I thought that it was going to have an end. I really didn't think it was going to happen. Here I am. Doesn't really matter. And, like people are bringing up these philosophical thoughts of like, what is this about? 
And he's sitting there going like, well, it's, it's about the prize, isn't it? I thought it was about the prize. Right. And they're like, no, it's death. And he's like, death? <laughs> I haven't even lived. I didn't even get to fuck my girlfriend. Right. I tried, but she was fucking weird about it. And then like when she was like, okay with it, I just felt like I was getting one off on her. So like, I don't know, man, like what is life? Right. I, like I can't experience death. <laughs> I just watched somebody die. How am I going to experience death? I haven't even fucking lived. Right. And it's that indifference to his own life. The, the the living part and the death part that is like, honestly, that's what I'm afraid of most. And that's who I would hate to be. Yeah. No, that's that's very well put. I, I find it hard. I find it hard to hate him for sure. I, I, I don't hate him. Right. I would hate to, to be, be him. him. Right. Yes. No, I and I, I think I'm there with you as well. I think I'm there. Yeah. But I also I guess I also fear being someone like Pete, even though for me, Pete's my favorite character. So, yeah. And, and he, he's what's, I have that tattoo dedicated to him. I have the number 61 tattooed Hell across yeah. my calf and I have the walk went on because I'm a big fan of his philosophy, but I also don't want to think like him. I don't want to be in life. I, and I know I do this and I, and I hate myself for it. I don't want to be the guy that tortures myself for yeah. every little thing that happens. And see, and I think I am that guy. Right. And that's the way I think I am too. So I don't want to be that guy, but I also love him as a character though, because he brings, because he does a lot of the stupid things that I would do in, in the walk. If I had a friend, if I, then that's the crazy part too. They legitimately make friends and Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, you should be like Barkovich. You should be yes. that guy that hates everyone, who's running on hate, who makes fun of people, goads them into fights. You want to be that person because well, why would you want to like these people? But you gotta but but the walk is a sped up version of life. So you've got all these people around you. Why would you not want to be friends? Why would you not want to hear their stories? I see, like I, I totally agree with you, but like Barkovich is is fucking like Gonzo Stebbins, right? Sure. Um, see where where Barkovich ran on hate, mm-hmm. like Stebbins, he did the walk with purpose. Yes, desire. He was the only sense. one with the purpose. That's right. the that's why he was the only one that didn't care, right? Like he's the only one that was like unfazed by. He, he, well, it, yeah. And why wouldn't he? He was the only one with. So, yeah, everyone, we just had a little technical difficulty. So, we're going to try and pick up where we left off. So, Greg, go ahead. Okay. So, this is what I remember talking about. <laughs> and I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm just. No, fucking, no, it's like, you should leave whatever of the rant is in there. Yeah. And then I'll keep going. Okay. Um, but so, Barkovich and Stebbins, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are. Like Bizarro, yes, right. whatever versions of each other, right? Yep. Where Stebbins ran on fucking, um, he ran desire. It's more than that. It's Drive. uh purpose. Purpose. Okay, sure. Right. Yep. See, and Barkovich ran on hate, right. and hate gets you so fucking far until fucking what you realize is like 
you got into this for hate. And if this whole thing is this fucking death wish, which it ultimately is, mm-hmm. right? He hates, he hates, he hates. He realizes that fucking what he thought was his number one thing that would make him survive is actually the thing that's going to kill him is because he fucking put himself in that yeah. death trap. So it makes sense for him to take his throat, rip it out right. and fucking die that way. Right. He hated himself. Where's, right. He hated himself. Right. He didn't hate everybody. He hated himself. And I can relate to that. Yeah. Me super too. hard. Right. Yes. Which is what I was trying to say at the beginning. Yes. And then, uh, Stebbins, he went with purpose. He that's why he made it so fucking far, right? Like he was the only one there that it didn't seem like an issue. Why? Because he went with purpose. Not because it wasn't hard for him, but it's because he had a fucking purpose about what he was doing and where he was going and how he was going to get there, right? right? He relied on himself and it didn't matter if he had friends or not because he had the purpose that can overcome like if you have what do they say if you can have or uh a good why can conquer anyhow right. right and that was him and so it wasn't until the very end where people asked him what his why was and What's what did he, he say yeah. he said he said well i'm doing this because i'm gonna fu- i was gonna fucking point my finger in the major's face and be like dude i want you to say that you're my dad and fucking what did he find out? Like, and this is what I was saying. I think when it cut out mm-hmm. is when you speak the like your story, that's when you actually figure out what it is. Right. Yep. Like, and so he told his story and then he didn't really want to believe that the major knew that he was his kid. Right. It wasn't until he told the story that he realized that he is just or he's doing this in just as pointless of a fashion as anybody else. And that's when Garrity realizes, Oh my God, fucking Stebbins is getting old. He fucking like, he, he just aged and all of a sudden he's dying. And why it's because Stebbins lost his purpose. Yeah. If he had kept that inside, he would have been the Terminator. Yes. Well, and if, if his purpose actually fucking mattered, exactly. Right. Yep. And like it, that purpose can fucking take purpose can take you fucking anywhere. Right. right? But sometimes your purpose becomes fruitless and ultimately it does for everybody. Right. And that's kind of what this whole metaphor is. Like everybody thought they had a reason. Stebbins was the one with a good reason until he fucking actually talked about it and then realized for himself that it wasn't a good reason. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you're fucking purpose is gone right right you yep. die right. whether it's physically or fucking mentally and like you have to find another one right? right but the thing was is as he's sitting there poking holes in everybody else's philosophy he should have started poking holes in his and then like realized that fucking what was he doing right. if not living for hate just like barkovich like his purpose was grand because it was it was it was at least a purpose and not out of hate. Sure. And it wasn't until he told the story that he realized that his purpose actually was for hate, but he had to tell his story to understand what it actually was. Right. Right. Right? Yep. I agree. (laughs) And like a bad purpose can take you just as far as a good purpose. Well, I would say like, yeah, I don't know. I, I totally get what you mean. I would almost say, that uh art art uh sorry art baker 
uh, you know, the the three musketeers guy. Yeah. Um, because he gets I don't think people talk about him a lot, but he's he's almost the person you want to be when you think about the the things he talks about, the, the you know, being just a nice guy, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like his purpose is he's so deathly afraid of death that he's almost walking to understand death and it comes it comes to him too late yes and honestly that's that's a good metaphor for every agnostic in the world right Mm -hmm. so like he was walking because like he is about being a good person he is about like fucking like making it work right Mm -hmm. and then what does he realize like he was walking out of fear when he's the one that put him in the place of fear in the beginning. Exactly. Right. Right. So like he was a good person out of fear, like superstitious almost like well, yeah, he, he was, is, yeah. he, he's the idea of superstition in a, in a sense. Sure. Right. Right. Where like everything that he's worried about is himself. Yeah, for sure. He was worried about, you know, he's from Louisiana and he was worried because he was poor that by dying in Louisiana, he'd be put into a grave in a box that rats would chew through. Exactly. And, and eat him. And that's an afterlife thing. You know, it's it's yeah. that's a religious thing. Who gives a fuck after you die? Yeah. Except for people who are religious like that. So he wanted his big thing was he wanted a coffin that couldn't be chewed through. Yeah. He wanted a lead liner. Yes. He lead lined. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the that that even furthers my point that his whole his whole like if he's an archetype, his archetype is a fearful thing, Mm -hmm. which honestly, like metaphorically, is a mouse, right, or a cockroach or something like that. Yeah. And um, so even in his last words, his last request is he wants a lead liner so that he doesn't become fucking mouse food right like his his whole thing is driven out of fear he is fear right and when like if he would have had a purpose if he would like if or even the understanding of himself which that's what the book is about in in essence is he would have realized that the only thing that he had to fear was himself because he is the villain of his story. Yeah. He right? put himself in that position. Right. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like these are things that it's, it's nice to talk about this book because I'm realizing now that even though I like, I do not think that I'm right about any of this. Right. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know what Stephen King's fucking motivations were with this book and, like, what he thought these characters were, or if he even cared what these fucking characters a, were. So, by the way, it was, it's a metaphor for the Vietnam War. Okay. That's that's what it is. But but that does not mean, and that's why I love so many Stephen King books, is that it's, it's what you make it to be. It, you know, it's written Whoa. in the way. So, I, I don't see it as a metaphor. I mean, that's what I know it's about. But yeah. when I look at this, I look at it from the way you're looking at it. I'm looking at it based on the characters and why they've decided to do this thing. Why Why have right. they decided to confront death? 
because that's what it is. The odds are all stacked against them. Yes. And you know what I just realized as you said that? Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'm doing is I'm putting it in the perspective of the art that I make. Right. Sure. And so like these archetypes that I'm talking about that I'm interpreting this book as, like these are the archetypes that I talk about in my art. Right. So like, of course, we have kind of skewed points of view on this. Because I'm talking at it from a point of the things that, like, honestly, just like this book, in in my opinion, is I'm talking about it as the things that are important to me, right? right? Yep. What are the what are the people that I'm afraid to be? Yes. Fucking uh, hatred. I'm afraid to be fucking fear. I'm afraid to be a fucking like. I, I'm afraid to be indifferent to life. Yeah. So when I'm afraid themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. And so I'm sitting, I'm here, I'm giving explanations of this book and I'm realizing now that what I'm doing is I'm just explaining the things that I fucking, I make art about. Right. That doesn't mean that that's what fucking Stephen King was talking about. That doesn't like, it, Oh, that's interesting. I just fucking, I English teach, I freshman English <laughs> teacher myself, man. But I think that's nuts. I honestly, I honestly think now you know King is off doing whatever stupid politics shit he does now. But I think he would enjoy a conversation like this. I oh, think for would, sure. I think he would enjoy hearing people see the differences and how they relate to different characters. Because how else do you write a book like this and not expect that kind of thing to happen? With how many personalities there are, it, it's unavoidable. Hmm. So I, I definitely enjoy that. Now, by the way, I did I did want to mention something. So with with Peter McVries or McVries, however you know, however it said, uh, I would actually have to see how it's spelled. <laughs> no, I got you. It's it's V. I'm trying to remember. It's man, M C V R I E S. So it could and be it's McVries. probably McVries. Yeah, I I say McVries. That's what I normally yeah. say. So for for Pete, anyways. Um, I I was just I loved his character so much and I I still do he he is my favorite character for sure I love him as a character yeah, as well as a character oh this is sorry can you hold on to your points oh, so yeah. I don't forget this point again sure go ahead okay <laughs> uh that's what's cool about Pete right mm-hmm. his 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 overall like saving grace is he's sitting there poking holes in other people's philosophies. He's sitting there fucking like jabbing the finger and he's, he understands more than other people, but like he still hasn't applied that to himself. Right. 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 And that's, that's the cool part about him is he, he understands enough to know that he's smart, but he doesn't understand enough to know that he's fucking stupid. Right. 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 Until the very end. That's why I like him so much and why, like, uh, I, I, I fucking love the character. Well, yeah. Because what does he do at the end? Well, he, he does fucking exactly. Sits. He does. And by the way, why I love that so much is because he said he was going to do it. Exactly. I because love that. he's exactly. That's why I think that he is actually the hero of the story oh, is because he oh. actually overcame what. He was right. Right. And, but like he held on to himself so much that like, what is he throughout the whole story beyond this fucking, like this 
God, I, I don't have the word for it. It's this fucking, it's this guy who, uh, I want, here's the word that's coming to mind and it's not even a fucking r- real word. Okay. Um, uh, no jurisdictions, a real word. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Man, I'm so stupid. I need to read more. Damn. Uh, conviction. Conviction. Right? Okay, sure. Like he has this conviction mm-hmm. about life. Right. And about how it works, but he has not applied it to himself. Right. Agreed. And so when he decides that it's done, he then applies that conviction to himself. He right. said, you know what? I know a lot about things. I finally know about me and I'm going to do what I know about things to me. And that's the fucking end. And that's like, it's, it's conviction through questioning. Right. Uh, there's this book called, um, it's like, shut the fuck up. Or it's one of those weird fucking oh, like self-help books. I might've curses. Heard. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like he talks about conviction a lot and he's like, conviction is a stupid thing. And, um, <clears throat> like if you have conviction, then like, you're just a fucking idiot. And it's like, man, conviction is bad, but that's only if you're not applying it to yourself. And that's what Pete is. He has conviction, but never applies it to himself. He jokes about it yes. towards himself, but he never actually applies his questioning of, life and death to his being as a person to his self. He never applies that to him. And when he finally does, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go out the way I said I did. Why? One, because I'm an honest fucking person. And two, because it's the right fucking thing. And three, because this is how it was going to happen anyways. And I finally understand that. Yeah, I see I see him very I like the way you put that. I I see conviction in Pete. The other two things I I think are synonymous with him at least in the way that I view his character is punishment and atonement. So Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like when he tells the story of his, you know, his girlfriend and they yes. move into the the town and I I see a lot of that kind of shit in me and and that's the kind of stuff that I hate about mm-hmm. myself and i see him as joining the walk as a punishment to himself right and yeah i think he yeah he's a, lashing himself yes exactly yeah he's going through those motions of i have done something my whole life has been you know without meaning without purpose and i'm gonna punish myself for that and that's what he's gone through and through the entire walk he's doing that but he's also atoning for his past actions in, at least I see it as the way he, you know, he hates Barkovich, right? He says, my main goal is I'm going to outlast him because he knows that Barkovich isn't a good person or at least isn't, you know, I don't know, showing himself to be a good person. Honestly, I think it's because Pete sees himself in Barkovich. He does see a little bit. Oh, absolutely. No, but I think when he, when he calls his girlfriend a cunt and all that kind of shit, right, right. Like, like he, he was a person that wanted to lose yes. with his girlfriend. Right. And so when he sees, when he sees Barkovich and he goes, fuck dude, you run off. Hey, like that's how I got the scar. That's how I fucking ruined. Yeah. So 
keep going. But like I told, I'm in total agreement with no, you. That's that's absolutely true. And then, but I think he's starting to realize that as he's walking. So then the atonement part comes in because of how many times he saves Ray. And it's hard yes. for me. It's hard for me sometimes. You know, I mentioned it before when we were talking about disliking Ray and or and or hating Ray and not wanting to be that person. But McVree sees something in Ray that maybe we don't, because there's a reason. There has to be a reason why he saves him so many times because he doesn't you know do what that it is? to anybody else, dude. This is a realization that as I'm. Hearing you say it, I, I still don't know if this is true, but I think it's fucking accurate. Is what I like, like a fucking McFreeze kind of like that con- style conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see as indifference, he actually sees as innocence. Right. Exactly. Right? And he's protecting that innocence. Right. And it's in spite of himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But and like, there's there's a part of him that hates himself for doing it yes. because he does understand that like it's not good for him. Right. And oh, yeah. maybe he's maybe that is the confusion of the innocence versus the indifference towards life. Right. Right. And wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, or maybe I, it's not. Maybe well, people I are going to listen to this and be like, "Gray's a drunk and he's fucking stupid." <laughs> oh no, I I think that's I think that's a really good way to look at it because that's the way I was thinking. And and the word innocent or innocence is a is a very good word for for all that. But that's the way I always looked at Ray was the way Pete had to look at him. I was going, why would he besides you know. Anyone could have been the main character, and you can't say at the beginning of the book that Ray. Well, obviously, you know who's going to win because this is how the story is being told. Stephen King has switched narrators in books so many fucking times that at any point he could have been the first person killed, and then they just switched to a different person. Yeah, you know, so dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Both times I read this book, I thought that he died. Well, he almost did when when he got that Charlie horse. Yeah, no, uh, both times that I read this yeah. book, like, I remember think like, the first time I read it, I was like, yeah, Garrity is going to die, and it's going to switch to a different character, and I didn't think it was Pete, I thought it was going to be one of the nameless numbers. Oh, okay, gotcha, sure. And the second time I read through it, I was like, oh, yeah, Garrity, like, I'm halfway through the book, and I was like, oh, yeah, Garrity dies, and it switches to Pete being the winner. <laughs> I'm not even fucking shitting you. That's pretty like, funny. I, I, I always remember the final four. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even remember how it ended. In my mind, I pictured, and I think it's because of one of the uh, the walks that they talk about in the book where the kid's sitting there talking to the dead body. Oh, yeah, the two, yep, he's just crouched over, still talking, and no one. And uh, by the way, that was also very telling, too, because you yeah. can – you can think about what happens, right? Everyone's got an idea of what happens at the end, but yeah. they never talk about anybody. There's never, mm-hmm. oh, I want to be like so and so who went on. To yeah, there's no home. Michael Jordan of the walk. Exactly. So yeah. you have to think that's why everyone's got to know that the game is rigged 
because most mm-hmm. likely there never is a person who actually survives. You're so brain damaged by the time you're done. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but that's we'll we'll get to that in a in, in a little bit, I'm sure. But I did well, want, I did want to mention this thing about Pete before I forget. So yes, since I you know huge fan of the character, have a tattoo dedicated to him. I have seen Stephen King live four times, and each time, whenever they do the question and answer session, I never get picked. To, to do the question, but <laughs> I have one question for Stephen King and I don't care about anything else. And this is the one question. Yeah. Did you, and I'll preface this. Did you read when through the keyhole? Yes. Okay. Did you know now that was forever ago? Yes, it was. So, so you might not recognize this because yeah. you read the long walk probably after, but did you yes. know that Peter McVries is mentioned as a gunslinger? Who's a friend of Roland. I did know that. Okay. And we might yes. have talked about that. We might have talked about that. Before. Yes, we did talk about that. Um, you're reminding me, but I did. I do know that that is a, that is a thing in my brain. Okay, good. Well, that's, that's the preference for it because his number, if you notice Stephen King, obviously he has that big thing for 19, right? It's all yeah. through the Dark Towers, through a lot of his other books. Yeah. It's, not it's just an upside one. down 61. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I have. And that's yeah. what I want to ask him. Because yeah. you never – you only hear a brief story about Peter in Went Through the Keyhole. You just know he yeah. was a friend of, of Roland's. He was a fellow gunslinger. But Which, by the way, is one of the best books in the series. It is a very good one. Well, you're also – by that time when you read that, because unless you're starting the Dark Tower series now and you can go chronologically, that was the book we all read after we were done with the entire series. So the, while you're reading yeah. it, you're not thinking. Well, I read it. I was lucky enough to be dumb and not read it until way after the fact. Right. And <laughs> I did read it chronologically. Oh, you and did. It, it fucking rocks. Oh. As in chronological order. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say it was so good. Interesting. Okay. Like in chronological order, that fucking rocks. Interesting. See. Yeah, I, man. I. I think the reason why I liked it was because I was already done with the series. There was no pressure on me thinking what is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like I got to revisit my family in all those characters. You read the the ending that you're not supposed to read too, right? Oh, I read every fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. I read all the graphic novels. I can tell <laughs> yeah. you about uh, Jericho Hill, the actual battle that happened. Like, oh, I read all that shit. But yes, of course, yeah. I of course. I, I mean, you're read. you're way more knowledgeable about that than I am. Um, but fucking yeah, I I I figured that you were the person that would read the part that you're not supposed oh, to. Of course, <laughs> and uh, but there's a part of me that hoped. Just like Stebbins, yeah, that you were the type of person that wouldn't. I I can't. There's, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of like I'm a very disciplined person, but I yep. I need to know stories. I need to for sure. You know, I, I get you, man. Yeah, it's like I don't care how bad it is. I need to know what it is. Yeah. Well, look, it's one of the favorite, and I'm not going to say anything about that ending, obviously. But yeah, the one of my favorite parts in that book, though is that scene where they're done with uh it's blue harvest right they're after after they've won that battle and Stephen King almost pulls himself into the story again yeah you know, yeah because, but but he and he does that fucking all the time but 
he pulls out and he goes, I'm, I'm showing you this scene of them being happy and victorious because things are about to get fucking terrible. Yeah. And there was something about that. Look away. Yeah. When I, when I read that, (laughs) I was like, you motherfucker, I should stop right now. Yeah. Because I don't want to see what happens to these characters because I know something bad's going to happen to them, but I don't want to know, but I had to, I had to continue on. Yeah, no, it's honestly like, I remember reading that and I'm sorry, we're getting on different books now. (laughs) And like, I remember fucking putting the book down like on my lap yeah, yeah. and being like, this is a character choice mm-hmm. of who I am. And there's, you ever heard of the, I, I don't even know what it's actually called, but it's like the shopping cart or the shopping cart, like rule. Um, no, I want to hear this. Cause maybe I have, but I just don't know it like this. So go ahead. Um, so like it's a morality test mm-hmm. and you can, you can basically tell somebody's morality by one simple rule. Okay. Do they put the shopping cart away in the carrier Ah. after they empty the shopping cart? Gotcha. Even if there's, if you're the only car in the parking lot, yep. yep. Are you the type of person that puts a shopping cart away? By the way, maybe I'm a rube, but I do every single time. I Same. I have to. And I, I did it before I even found out about the fucking like character yeah, explanation I, wow. of it. I did. I've never heard that before, but that is something yeah. just of, I've always been driven to. I can't not do it. And if there's a cart on the way to where I'm going, I will take that spare cart in too. Yes. And so here's, here's how the rule, or I don't even know if it's a rule, but like, I'm going to call it that. Okay. okay? Sure. Just for, uh, for ease of conversation. Mm-hmm. So basically it hurts no one to put it away. Right. Right. It's, it's not morally wrong or anything to not put it away, right. especially if there's no carts in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But it is a minor inconvenience for somebody else. It could be a major inconvenience for somebody else should it hit somebody else's sure. car. Right, right. And like it's basically the the last fucking like hope of like or the last thought of like is this good or is this bad? Sure. And it is overall good to take the shopping cart and put it in the corral. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't seem bad to not put it in the corral because you're not slamming it into somebody else's car. Right. Right. What you're doing is you are letting fate take its course. But the thing is, is like, if you are not actively doing good, like putting the cart in the corral, then what you are doing is leaving it to chance and saying, I don't care what happens. Right. And so it was that type of feeling with that part of the book where I'm like, what kind 
of person do I want to be? Because <laughs> gotcha. like, do I want to be the person that sees things out? Because that's, that's, I can see that as being good. Sure. But if I see things out in the wrong way, then that's bad. Right. Or I can not see it out. And then maybe I'm a coward. <laughs> ah, okay. And so like, I don't want to be a coward. But sometimes doing things in the name of courage is bad too, right? <laughs> There's a lot of bullfighters that are fucking mentally challenged. Sure. And like, <clears throat> so it was this big mental dilemma of like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh, no. I get, I get drunk and I start talking serious <laughs> and I fucking like use my breath weird and I just start coughing. Right. And I know that you're the type of person that's going to fucking edit it and be like, God damn, Gray just coughs all the time. Is and so I'm giving you right here in in <laughs> recording, I'm giving you fucking all of the all of the value of leaving my coughs in. But anyways, um so like I'm at this dilemma of like what kind of person do I want to be? Yeah. I think it's probably fucking very stupid for me to even think this. But I think that this is a character choice in myself. Okay. And I chose to read on. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, just like the shopping cart. Thing. Right. Well, see, I, I thought. But I know what I did. Right. You do. Now, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. You went into the morality and and the shopping cart rule, you know, however you want to say it. I thought mm-hmm. you were going to go into more uh, physical – or sorry, a physics way of thinking. Have you heard of uh, Schrodinger's cat? Yes. Okay. That's yes. what I. That's where I thought you were going to go. Because, Same concept. Yeah. But not but with morality. With a, with a morality tinge. Yeah. Right. You know, like it's a, 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 fla- uh, a flavoring of morality. <laughs> Hey everyone, Ian here. I know that was a pretty abrupt ending to that whole episode there, but it was meant to be because that was the cliffhanger. See, the thing is, one of the things anyways that I've learned over the years is that when Gray and I start talking, it is hard to keep us <laughs> to keep us talking. That's very easy. It's hard to stop us from talking. So this seemed like an appropriate area on a major cliffhanger to then say that that was part one of the show. And there will be one, maybe even another part after that to really cover everything that the long walk has to offer. I was really enjoying that conversation and I'm looking forward to doing more of it of course. So I wanted to let everyone know that that is part one. There will be a part two. And like I said, there might even be a part three where we'll actually finish the book and talk more about some of the things that we wanted to talk about that we didn't have a chance to on part one. Until then, though, don't forget to support Gray and Charlatan. Uh, Make sure to follow the links in the description of the episode so that way you can follow them on social media and then see when they're playing live as well as when that new music is coming out that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. The other thing I want to mention, and I really don't get to do this a lot, but by splitting this up into parts, it actually means that well, you could go and actually read the book or reread the book. You can, you know, read uh, The Long Walk for the first time or you can reread it and then you can send 
myself and Gray questions. And then maybe during a part two or a part three, we could actually answer those questions as well. So we can see if we can get that going. You can email me real scene at gmail.com. Once again, that's real scene at gmail.com. And yeah, I just want to let everyone know that that was not, you know, just the end of the show, that there will be more. Uh, but until then, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>